This is the Powered by Rock podcast with your host, Isaac Kuhlman. You're about to discover the most entertaining rock music podcast on the planet, filled with the best stories straight from rock musicians from all over the world. Rock music isn't dead. It's getting better and better. It's time to start paying attention again. With that said, let's get this party started. The mountain's gonna rise and fall by me. Hello and welcome to the Power by Rock podcast. We're going to be speaking with Tane Graves of, of the Minneapolis punk band Tightwire today. Tightwire released their second album, uh, full-length album that is, called Head Full of Snakes in June of this year. And is an awesome, you know, absolutely awesome Ramones core meets, I would say, the Descendants uh, banger with 12 songs coming in at just 18 minutes. Uh, very reminiscent of some of the Descendants, you know, one minute kind of pop punk legendary songs. It's short, but it is chock full of every emotion balanced with catchy melodies and up-tempo pop punk. The band has played and toured with some big-name acts like the Dillinger 4, or Dillinger 4, I don't know if they have a the there, I always say it without it, but and Teenage Bottle Rocket. They've had some lineup changes over the years, as well as changing their name entirely upon being signed to Red Scare Industries. If you like punk music and you do not know of Tightwire, well, fuck me, you're in luck, because today is your day. Hey, Tane, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Isaac. Thanks for having yeah. me on. This is yeah. awesome. Yeah, so hopefully I introduced you properly. I mean, I was yeah, like, that was dude, that was the best intro I think I've gotten so far on any sort of <laughs> podcasting experience that I've had. Well, most people don't. They're just like, "Hey, what's your band name?" And it's like, "Fuck, I don't want to talk about my band name. That's the dumbest shit." <laughs> it says on our website we don't give a fuck about the band name, but yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I do want to talk about some pretty interesting stuff. Obviously, you're based in Minneapolis, Minnesota, uh, Twin Cities area, and recently, like this is like less than a week ago actually it was like a week ago today um there was actually a shooting at new new land which is like a house house show place a punk show or a punk venue that you know is actually at a house two people randomly came and just started shooting upon random people there and you actually told me that your partner was at the show and happened to just leave like shortly before it happened um you know hearing this kind of shit like literally just makes me sick to my stomach i'm like how do we like see this kind of stuff in the world when you know, people are just trying to spread joy over here and somebody's got to come over here and fuck shit up. It's like, makes no sense. But obviously this hits really close to home for you. I'm just curious, like now that you've had a little bit of time to process it, has the shock kind of worn off? What's, what's kind of going on? I know that they, they've had a couple of fundraisers that absolutely smashed their goals, which is awesome. Um, but tell me about it from your perspective and how does this tragedy hit you? Um, you know, it- the, the one thing I am thankful for, and I'll correct you right up front, uh, my, my ex-partner, but that's that's OK. okay. We're yeah. still we're still like super close. Um, but, um, um, you, you know, for me. It's just shocking that something like that could even happen. And the, the more I've been reading about it. So I, I actually I don't live in the Twin Cities currently. Um I live kind of in the middle of nowhere in South Dakota, which sucks, but no, you're in South Dakota now. Okay. Yeah. That's a different, that's a different story. Um, but, uh, you know, I, my ex-partner, like I said, and, and I had some really close friends there. Um, funny enough who were like just in town for the night visiting and, and hanging at that show. Um, you know, luckily nobody that I was really close with was hurt or um um or anything like that but i mean it's it's a terrifying i think you know it's it's a terrifying thought that i mean i've been to a million like shows house shows regular shows you know people people at our shows like no one's patting these people down like anybody could bring a gun to any of the shows that we've ever played um you know thankfully if someone has they've never pulled it out but um you know it's just one of those things that i think at least for a while is going to be on my mind um when we're out playing shows um it's you know it's it's tragic that that someone lost their life. I, I don't know the, 
the follow-up details on the person who was in critical condition. I'm assuming since we, since I haven't read anything that they are probably doing better. Yeah. Um, and maybe it's not as life threatening at this point, but, um, you know, it's, I mean, it's just, it's terrifying and it's sad. And, um, from everything I've read, um, a lot of, signs point to the fact that it might have been like a targeted thing because i know nudie land well I'd, I'd never been to the house um i was familiar with it and they definitely play a huge part in like the the queer community and mm -hmm. um and they're you know I, everything that i'm reading um and hearing from friends is that it it was probably a targeted um event so uh, like an act against the, the lgbtq you know community and everything exactly yeah. yeah um which you know is just a whole nother thing that just makes it even more sad yeah but uh yeah i don't know you know it's i'm grateful that the people that i love have been up close to that were there all got away safely um and uh my heart goes out to, you know, anybody who was close to the, the person that got um, killed, and um, and I do believe they have upped the GoFundMe um, for certain people's medical bills. Yeah. Um, and you, I do believe you can still go and uh, donate and. Um, if you're looking for how to go there to donate, the GoFundMe is in our link tree um, on our bands, uh, on all of our social medias. Yeah. Yeah. We'll definitely add a couple of links underneath the episode for this, for this episode as well. So anybody who wants to take some action, help out, obviously this is not, you know, unfortunately it's not an isolated event in America where people get shot for doing absolutely everyday things. You could be grocery shopping, you could be going to school, you could be you know, going to church, whatever. Anything that has anything to do with people gathering in large groups of, you know, 20 or more seems to be a potential, you know, hazard for gun-related incidents, which, you know, when people are just trying to have a good time or, you know, let off steam, especially, you know, you go you go out on a Friday night, you're, you know, you worked all week and, you know, work sucks, right? So, fuck it. Then you go and then you get shot at, at a freaking house show. It's like, that's, I can't even imagine what that would be like. I don't go to house shows. I'm I'm, I'm a bit too old for house shows these days, but... I mean, you know, think about living in North Dakota when I grew up in high school, you know, there were farm kids that carried guns in their trucks, right? Like at any point, if they just wanted to cause shit, they could have just come over and started shooting at house shows. That would have been freaking insane. But it's, it's, it's something that absolutely could happen anywhere. So obviously, you know, if you are out and about, uh, you know, I wouldn't say be afraid and be living in fear all the time, but at the same time, just be aware of your surroundings and you know, if something starts going down, be prepared to like get out of the situation as fast as possible for sure. Cause that's, it's never a good thing when, you know, guns and fun or especially alcohol or, you know, even this one wasn't even like related to like a fight or anything. It was just like these people came in and just started shooting, but uh, you know, things can go wrong even just when, when good people are around each other. Right. So just be prepared to like get out of a situation if you think it seems like it's a bad situation. Um, but speaking of bad situations, uh, there for a while, I mean, obviously, um, last time we spoke was in 2021. And, um, you know, I bought you a beer. We were, we were drinking what you guys had played for uh, Teenage Bottle Rocket. And I was like, you guys are fucking awesome. I'd, I'd heard your music before, but I'd never seen you live. And this was like literally the first show after, that I went to after the pandemic. And you guys came to Vegas with Teenage Bottle Rocket. I think um, the last gang was on that bill as well. So it was a pretty cool show. Um, little did I know that, you know, now I know, but you're basically, you're a recovering alcoholic. You're, you're also a recovering addict. You're sober now. So let's talk about this journey. And, you know, a lot of people back in the day, you know, 10 years ago, even maybe five years ago, maybe less, right. Since before the pandemic, but people used to think that if you're not drinking, not on drugs, you weren't a good musician, right? Like it was kind of part of the stigma, like, oh, once this person kicked that habit, now their band's not good anymore. They can't write good music or whatever. Have you ever heard of like that kind of sentiment? I mean, obviously it's, it's totally different now. Uh, there's tons of people like getting sober, but um, did that ever like, 
did that ever play into the rock and roll kind of status or, or what you felt you had to do as like an artist and, and how are you feeling about the recovery part so far? Um, yeah, I mean, my, my recovery has been kind of an up and down battle. I've had some relapses, um, from time to time, which I'm, you know, I'm not proud to say. Um, but especially in the beginning that, that tour where I met you in Vegas, that was kind of like the last straw. Um, when I got home from that tour, I went to rehab very shortly after, like maybe six or seven days after um but uh but yeah i I struggled um with it uh because right when we got out of or right when i got out of rehab we actually finished the last few shows of that teenage bottle rocket tour because the the last like week had to be rescheduled because we all ended up getting COVID. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Probably from Vegas. Don't, don't worry about that. <laughs> yeah, no, no, yeah, no. Um, but uh, yeah, so so immediately I got out and, you know, I was just freshly sober. Um, and then I already go back out on the road. And well, th- that was fine. Like, you know, I, I managed that pretty well. Um, it was, it was a shock to my system because drinking and partying was, it, it, it like coincided with, with playing music, especially live music. Not so much like, you know, it's funny cause I, I sing about alcoholism and drinking and all this stuff. And you would think that I was probably drinking while I was writing the music, but Nine times out of ten, I've I I write completely one hundred percent sober. Yeah. Um. So it it was. Don't more, tell anybody else that because then they'll think that the music's been affected, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Um. I mean, I've always I've always written sober. I, every time I'm in the studio, it, almost any piece of music that you ever hear from me, I it's probably been recorded while I was sober. Yeah. Um be but you know the the live setting was was a big challenge for me and and still is it's it's a trigger and um you know the thing that sucks is is i want to um always be present at the shows that i'm at but there's been a couple times where i've just had to like tell my band members like hey i'm i'm gonna walk away um And just, like, get out of here for a little bit. I'll go, like, you know, get food at a nearby place um, just to kind of get away from it. But um, I didn't realize how much I used alcohol and drugs to, like, cope with, like, some social anxiety that um, that I have. Um, Because alcohol is really good at at numbing that, that shit out. Yeah, well, it definitely, uh, definitely stops your inhibitions. That's for sure. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, especially when you're around like other people who are drinking and partying and stuff like that. Um, you know, um, the unfortunate part is I was the only one in the band who was drinking and partying every single night. Yeah. You know, when when somebody goes out to a show, you know, it's probably the one show they're going to in that month or maybe yeah. a couple if they're common show goers maybe it's the second show that they've gone they've gone to in a week or whatever yeah. um the point is is that everybody gets that recovery time who's going to the show yeah but when we're out for a month it's absolutely fucking insane that i was drinking on that tour that i i met you i think i didn't drink one day yeah <laughs> there, like I didn't drink one one day out of the entire tour. I was in San Antonio, and I was so proud of myself for not drinking <laughs> one day. Yeah, well, of, I got Lone Star beer here. That's beer stuck, so I'm good. <laughs> yeah, uh, but it was just like you know that was a that was almost a month long tour. Yeah, and I drank every fucking day, and but it's like it's one of those things where you know like you're out at the shows and people offer to buy you beers and shots and stuff. And, yeah. um, 
So yeah, so go buy a vinyl or go buy a fucking t-shirt. That actually helps more. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but um, I mean, I, you know, everybody's been really cool, um, and, and that's a big reason why I I wanted to publicly put it out there. Yeah, immediately that, you know, hey, because I feel like I had just kind of gotten like it, uh, like a a reputation of being the guy in the band that was the partier. Yeah. And so a lot of people all over knew me as like, a, oh, well, I'm going to bring him a bunch of shots on stage. Yeah. Um, it doesn't help when you have like a new song called Party on your new album, right? So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and people still do, but I just give them to my band members now. Yeah. Half the time they just don't get taken, but um and i've i've relapsed since then and i've drank at shows so it's probably pretty confusing for anybody who knows me as being sober who saw me drink in the last like six months at a show um currently i'm doing really well um got a lot of sober time or a decent amount under my belt right now um but yeah i know it's 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 still a challenge it's it's i mean i spent 10 years drinking and partying at shows yeah uh, i worked at the triple rock for five years which you know if the no effect song leads you to believe anything is that we did a lot of fucking partying we drank yeah. a lot we did a lot of drugs at that bar and um it was a lot of fun so it's I, i'm undoing 10 years of what I what always came natural to me in shows, yeah, um, which was drinking and partying, yeah. Um, so it's just it, it's just taken some time to acclimate, but that's been really the biggest challenge, I guess, in my everyday life. You know, like I said, I live in the middle of nowhere. Um, I don't have no problem not drinking here, yeah, uh, because it would just be sad and lonely. Yeah, and I, I, it's a I, lot. I, it's a lot easier not to drink when you're by yourself than when you're with a bunch of friends who want to go drink. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in certain cases, you know, I just have always refused to be that kind of alcoholic. That's like uh, drinking by themselves, alone, yeah. constantly. So, yeah, I yeah. feel like that's kind of a Midwest thing too, because like I grew, like I said, I grew up in North Dakota and. I never drank unless I was with other people. And I still don't drink. Like I won't drink beer for dinner. Like, for example, I won't like just start drinking whiskey for no reason. Like I'm 41. Like I could absolutely drink anytime I want, but I feel like there's a certain level of like loneliness or something like depression that goes along with drinking. I don't know. Like there's you're if you're using alcohol to kill stress, that's one thing. Like I always used it just to have fun. Like you said, like, you know, lower your inhibitions so you can actually, go out and talk to people so you can actually do more stuff at, at a show or, you know, at a party or in interacting with more people. It's not that I'm like socially not confident. It's just like, it's like if everybody else is drinking and you're not, it's kind of feels like you're, you're the boring one or like they're the annoying ones. Right. So like there's this contention all the time. So then there's this kind of like pressure, like join in, but it's like, you don't have to, but sometimes it's more fun too. Right. So like, that is the power of alcohol, which sucks, but it's also why people drink, right? It's like, you know, it's absolutely damaging to your body, your mind, and your soul. But, you know, you know, life is short. You might as well have some fun during it. So, like, I don't blame you for, like, you know, obviously stopping. It's it's one of those things that, you know, at a certain point, everyone's, everyone's going to reach their limit. And you can't drink until you're, well, you can drink until you're, like, 90. But you probably will slow down or stop at some point just because your body's saying you're going to have to stop this shit. It's too, it's too much. Yeah. So did you have like that point where like, you knew, like, like, did you like have a moment or was it just like you just felt burnt out from after that tour? Um, no, I, I had, I had a, a ton of moments. I had a ton of moments on that tour. Um, just it, 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 it funny enough, like I, I, you know, when you go to inpatient treatment, a lot of times they'll take all your vitals and they'll do blood work and tell you where you're at and stuff. And funny enough, like for the amount I was drinking, which was a crazy amount, um, they were like, dude, your your liver levels and everything is so good. 
They're yeah. like, you're, we would never be able to tell that you drank this much. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I have to assume that it's probably because I have a really long history of alcoholism. So maybe through generations, we've built up our, our ability to the drink Caucasian from. drinking evolution. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> our livers have just fucking turned to like fucking iron. Yeah. Um, but, uh, um, it, it was it, it was my mental health. My mental health was just dog shit. Yeah. Um, and I was just exhausted. And, you know, not not that I'd become violent or anything like that. Because I wasn't, but I just wasn't fun. like I just it stopped being fun to be yeah. around me. And and, you know, I I'm very blessed with awesome band members um, who don't, you know, bullshit with me, but also put up with a lot of my shit, or at least they did. Are you saying that as a lead singer in a rock band, you have some ego problems? It's not even ego (laughs) problems. I was just fucking, I, I, I was just, dude, even that night, I, you know, like, and this is way behind the scenes stuff, but like, even that night, like, I think after that show, I went and just fucked off on my own and my band couldn't find me. And I was like, I was at like the Flamingo till like four in the fucking morning. Yeah. Um, Cause I was fucking wasted at that show. Um, and like, that's, that's, you know, th- that's the one thing that I'm the most grateful for is that I actually remember leaving venues now and I actually helped my band like, load the van and (laughs) if everybody else wants to party that night you know like um and and yeah kind of going back to what you're saying like it's not fun being sober and talking to a bunch of drunk people yeah but at this point i kind of take it as like uh well you you kind of deserve this because you were (laughs) you were definitely that guy to a lot of people who were probably just having one or two beers and then trying to come up to the merch table and talk to you. (laughs) And I was probably fucking shit faced and like, yeah, so cool, man. (laughs) You know? And I, I have also run into a million times where I don't remember meeting someone, but they like, we obviously shared a moment and it just feels so lame to be like, uh, I don't remember a moment. I was probably wasted. Yeah. You know, like it really takes like a lot of the fun in the first place of traveling around playing music, which is meeting new people. Yeah. It really like destroys that moment. And I've had that happen a few times. So, um, you know, it was just it's a lot of little things that just built up over time. Um, and, and it just, it just came to a breaking point where I was like, dude, I, this is never, this is never going to get better unless I just fucking stop. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that obviously like you realize that like a lot of people don't, then they, you know, relapse and then get, you know, overdose or do something crazy and like hurt themselves. And, uh, you know, hopefully that'll never happen to you. And, and, you know, obviously if you're, ever in need of things like talk to people you know you you can reach out to me i don't care like I, anybody that you know like make sure that you you definitely get help and you know it's one of those things is, is towing the line of being fun but also protecting yourself and keeping yourself safe right so while people will be like oh come on man come on come on come on it's like can't do it like you know the other side of that so yeah. a lot of people don't know that for themselves and it takes them a long time to figure it out and uh you know i you're still young you're probably what mid 30s early 30s yeah, I'm 33. Yeah, so yeah, you're you're still young. I mean, 41 is still young to a lot of people, but you know, a lot of people wait till they're like 45, 50 to like really start to take control of like alcoholism and drug addiction and stuff like that. So, you know, you're doing it well into an early life, which leads to better things later. Yeah. And Ray from Teenage Bottle Rocket, he doesn't drink anymore. He was on the show last season. He, I was like shocked because you know those guys are known for being, you know, high profile partiers, especially Cody, but um, you know, obviously going on tour, you can just hang out with Ray and watch all the other people be idiots. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like, you know, even even on that tour, like Ray wasn't drinking. I don't think Miguel was drinking because he had just had another child. Yeah. Um, and so mm-hmm. he chilled out too. And then my my band, the you know, Noelle's never drank a sip of alcohol and in her entire life and Paul and Parker will like can kind of take it or leave it. Yeah. So I, you know, that was another thing is like, while I was socially getting wasted in my crew of people that we're touring with, (laughs) I was out of fucking control. Yeah. You were the outlier. (laughs) Yeah. So like, I, you know, I was getting drunk with like all the people attending the shows, but I was the only one getting like wasted yeah and so like that you know that was another reason like that yeah, i know the last or, gang they're not big drinkers they'll they'll drink but they're not big drinkers or anything yeah no i mean um the bassist is sober yeah um yeah no, th- i mean nobody on that tour was a big partier <laughs> um you know except for me and all all my it's like you guys are all grown-ups i'm not there yet <laughs> yeah right 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 but it, it just that tour needed to happen um, specifically, I think for me to realize like, okay, this, this is not fun for everyone else who has to deal with me on a daily basis. Yeah, for sure. Total fucking blast for, I'm sure anybody who was at the shows with, with, with me and like sitting at the bar with me. Yeah. Um, Cause I would like to think I'm a pretty fun <laughs> alcoholic, but, yeah. um, but yeah, no, it, 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 that tour was just the final straw and, and I'm thankful that it happened and I'm thankful that it happened with the bands that we were on tour with because they were supportive and understanding human beings, um, that I really, um, love and I'm happy that uh you know we're still doing more dates with tbr and i was actually just talking to samson the drummer of last gang yesterday i think it was his birthday so we were talking on the phone um but yeah um it it was you know it's these things can end in such worse ways yeah you know um you've ruined every relationship in your life. You've lost your job. You've gone to jail. Your liver is failing, you know? So moments in the music business don't last forever either. So like, if you burn that out, you're, you can't really get it back. Yeah, exactly. So I'm just thankful that kind of all this stuff happened. while I still have my health and my friends and the people I love in my life. Um, so uh so yeah i'm i'm uh i'm stoked to have sober time and um yeah i don't know i don't know what else to say about that right now well, but... i mean we're gonna segue into the next best thing which is the music right that's why we're here we want to talk about the music the new album oh, yeah. head full of snakes so uh you know for anyone who hasn't listened to tightwire before i mean you range from 30 second songs to two and a half minute songs but that's pretty much it right like you don't have five minute songs on any album or anything i think your first album was about 19 minutes your second album's 18 minutes and i haven't heard all of your ep songs or singles but i haven't heard one that's been three minutes yet i don't think yeah i think the i think to date the longest song that we play is a song called spell on me I want to say it's three minutes and like 15 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> and that is that that is the longest song that we've ever written as a band. Um, and not even so much intentionally. It's it's I just get bored of songs. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I want I guess th- this project in particular, just being as Ramon's core as it is. It's just like get to the point, get to the exact fun parts of the music. Yep. And then if you want to hear more of it, just hit hit repeat. Yeah. I'm a big, I'm a big repeat person with music. Yeah. Like if I find a song I love, dude, I I'll go on a bike ride for 40 minutes and I'll listen to the same song. I'll just have <laughs> that repeat on Spotify. And I'll like, dude, I just did it yesterday. Um 
I was like biking around and just listening to the same song over and over because like I just found it and it was so good. What uh, was it called? It was it's this newer kind of like emo pop punk band called Like Roses. Okay, yep. um, they're actually playing here in Vegas. Oh Soon. really? Yeah, you should go see them. My I think uh, they're in Arizona, from Arizona or around the Southwest area. I don't know exactly where they're from, but yeah. Yeah, a couple of them I think are from the. Um, Maybe Salt Lake or something. Southern, I don't even know. Southern California. Okay, I, 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 I know. I know one person in that band. My my homie Amy, who plays in a million other bands. Gotcha. Um, I think she's a Southern California person. Nice. Yeah, I know they're uh, from like the southwest part of the air, but like they just kind of popped up all of a sudden. I'm like, where did these guys come from? <laughs> yeah, I know they like. I I had just recently hung out and and met amy um she was on tour with another band um startle okay um and she actually played he, i i booked them here in my i live in pierce south dakota which yep. is the middle of fucking nowhere like i know where it's at yeah <laughs> the capital city yep it is it, um but it's not a city at all it's very very small like thirteen thousand <laughs> people tops yep. um but I, I booked them a show here. And even then, like, I, you know, I'm like, well, like, listen, like finding them, I, I messaged her and I was like, dude, you never told me that you played in, in oh, like an emo band. This fucking rules. Yeah. Um, and she was like, oh, I just didn't think anybody would care. And I'm like, <laughs> what are you talking about this? Dude. Yeah. So go see them live. And I will. And they're playing with Dropped Out and another band from town here called The Core. So Dropped Out's coming from Texas. Like Roses is opening the show. So I'm definitely, it's, it's at my favorite bar too. So I got to go. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Well, every, everybody listening to this, listen to Like Roses. Uh, yeah, nice. They're a banger. But aside from that, obviously, what was the process like going through the new album? Like, obviously, you guys, you guys have a very clean, you know, like you said, don't put any filler in there. There's not a lot of intros or anything like that. You'll have like maybe a uh, like a, a little bit of an intro song, but you won't necessarily have intros for songs. You won't have like, you know, repeated choruses for 30, 40 times. You just kind of stop. And and that's kind of the beauty of pop punk and, and why I started liking punk music in the, in the beginning, because I'm like, I don't need a three minute guitar solo to show off like how cool you are at guitar. Like there are so many good guitar players on earth. Like that, I'm more of a, a songwriter, like melody, like I want to listen to lyrics, I want to hear what people are talking about, and I want to hear like good music, like a poppy sound, but put to like an angry or up-tempo beat or something like that. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, it means something, right? Like, I don't care, like, like instrumental stuff is great, but it has its place. Like, if I want to go rock out, like, I'm not going to necessarily listen to instrumental stuff, like most of the time, I want to go listen to, you know, fast beat, you know, party type music or whatever you want to call it. One of the bands here in Vegas is like, they called it fuck yeah music. And I'm like, that's a great term. Fuck yeah music. That's what I listen to. Yeah. <laughs> so like, is that kind of how you feel? Oh, uh, a thousand percent, dude. It's, yeah. it, I mean, it's, we, we intentionally write the music for the live show experience. And yeah. we want to play something that's really fun yeah um you know that's that's why like yeah there's like some decently technical guitar solos that i've written for the the albums and stuff but noel fucking crushes it at yeah. guitar so it's not a big deal for her but i i i want us to write music that people can just like scream to and like run around and we can run around on stage, you know, Seems like some gang vocals or something like that or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It, the, um, you know, the biggest test for me is like how much fun I have playing it in the recording process, you know, yeah. um, kind of determines if we're going to keep the song or not, because I've, sure. I've written a, a million songs. I mean, it took us four years to put out 18 minutes of music. <laughs> uh, it's been four years since our last release. So, or almost, I guess almost five now. Um, but, uh, but in that process, we probably wrote, wrote like 
35 songs. Yeah. Um, and funny enough, the, the process of Head Full of Snakes was so weird because we started recording recording it during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And then we didn't finish it until like late or early this year. Gotcha. Um, like one half of the record has been recorded since 2020. Um, and then everything else was just kind of recorded after. Yeah. Um, cause we just couldn't like, well, we were going through our transition from Paul Kettler to, uh, you know, Noel and, and, and new Paul, yeah. uh, Paul Mulaney and then getting back into playing shows and stuff like that. So we, you know, kind of hit pause on finishing the record because we were like, well, we, we need to make sure that people still like us without yeah. our founding member, <laughs> you yeah. know, or one of our founding members. Um, so it was it was a really tricky and weird, definitely the weirdest process uh, of recording an album yeah. because everything was so separated, like. It's like almost like two EPs combined to make an album at, at, at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, I mean, the, the the first single that we put out, um, now I'm blanking on my own fucking songs. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I remember it was in like 2021. I remember the music video. Yeah. I don't remember what it was called. Um, uh, it Anytime or another or something, but I can't remember uh, the name of it. One Foot in the Grave was the first. Uh, oh, um, That's Anyone But You. That's the one, yeah. I guess that was the first one we put out. I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, but the the when we announced our record coming out, we put out One Foot in the Grave. Yeah. And uh, that was the very last thing. I mean, I wrote that song and recorded it literally like a two days before we were going into final mixing and I severely <laughs> pissed off like our, our, our mixing the guy who mixes all of our stuff, Xander. Cause he was like, dude, really? You just went and recorded a whole ass another song <laughs> while I'm like finishing up everything on this project. And I was like, sorry, dude, it's, but it's, I think it's really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was just, it was, it was such a weird recording process. Um, yeah. Even the way we recorded it was fucking weird. Like, usually standard recording is like you you track the drums, then the bass, then the guitars, and the vocals. Dude, I tracked the, the guitars and then the vocals. And then we went back and tracked the Parker would track the drums to all that. And then I tracked the bass last. And then any auxiliary. And hopefully you were in time while playing the guitar and singing enough to where the drums could come in and actually play over it. <laughs> Oh yeah, 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 totally. I mean, I, I, I did everything to a click track. Yeah, okay. But like, um, but you know, like, just, just everything about the way we approached this was just fucking bizarre. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I'm glad it worked out. I'm glad people like it. Yeah, it's definitely an awesome album, and I do want to play one of the songs from that album, which is "Bad Decisions." You guys did a music video for it. I think it's a really great music video. It's, it's got some a wrestling theme in there, so. I wouldn't say a theme. It's it's the it's the theme, right? It's not a theme. It's the theme of the video. So I want to ask before, so like YouTube and and Spotify doesn't take this down. So can I play this video so that people can see Tightwire's music video, bad decisions while watching this episode? Oh, a thousand percent. Yes, please. Sweet. So we're gonna come back right after this break. You guys are gonna check out the new single from Tightwire called Bad Decisions, and we'll uh, we'll be back to bring Tane into the spotlight with some hot seat questions. That should be a lot of fun. We'll see you right after this.
Welcome back to the Power by Rock podcast. I'm here with Tane from Tightwire to put him in the spotlight and make him sweat with some hot seat questions. Hey, Tane, are you ready to be put in the spotlight? Yeah, I'm already partially sweating because I'm wearing the fucking <laughs> yeah, sweatshirt on. I mean, it's still August. It's not that cold yet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this one's, you know, this one's kind of a, a thing that you'll definitely know. Um, you have played with a lot of bands, pretty well known in Midwest punk. But what band would you say was the most fun to play or tour with? Um, to tour with is definitely Dillinger Four. Okay. I love those. I love those guys. Um, they they are absolutely the funnest band I've ever gotten to work with. Um, I've you know I don't want to, anybody to make any mistakes. I haven't played in that band. Um, but uh, I've tour managed and run sound for them and everything. And they're my absolute favorite band to go out on the road with yeah. other than and my They're own. one of your favorite bands anyway, right? I mean, a lot of yeah. your inspiration comes from that band. Yeah. They, I mean, it was, it, it, it's, I, I just like opened up a, a thing recently that um, from my high school days where I was holding a Dylan, like it was a picture of me holding a Dillinger four record and I must've been like 15 years old. Yeah. So it's just crazy to like come full circle that, you know, I've gotten to be so close with, the, you know, one of my favorite yeah. bands of all time. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to say Dillinger four is my favorite to tour with other than my own band Tightwire. Yeah. <laughs> that band, they're okay too, but yeah. Yeah. They're all right. <laughs> all right. So obviously you're not in Minnesota right now, but you've lived there a long, long time. Give me some of your favorite Minnesota-based bands. I I know one for sure should be on there, but I want to hear from you. What are some of your favorite Minnesota-based bands? Oh shit! Um, supportive parents, Gloria. Okay. Uh, small towns burn a little slower. Obviously, Dillinger Four, Banner Pilot, The Soviets, Slow Death, Motion City Soundtrack has to be on there. Um, Husker Du. I'm, I'm trying to think of. I'm trying to think of smaller bands that I want people to check out. Uh, Cadillac. Correct me if I'm wrong, and then I just forgot about this band until now. But is local? Isn't local H from like Minnesota somewhere, like Rochester or Minneapolis? I think I so. Well, there. I see. I always get them confused. If they, I, I know they have strong ties to Minnesota. Yeah, but I think they're um, like from Chicago too, or something like. Yeah, they're a Chicago. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they're a Chicago band. Okay. But man, they play. They they would play Minneapolis like every few months. Yeah. Uh, I remember they were one of the first bands to ever play like a COVID friendly show during the quarantine. They they yeah. like rented a theater outside of the Twin Cities. And that was like one of the first times I'd heard of a band doing like an outdoor, like spaced COVID. out show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'm pretty sure they're a sh known as a Chicago band. Yeah. Um, I can never remember because I grew up like I grew up knowing them from being in the Minnesota scene. But I was like, I don't think they ever like were from there. I think they just played there all the time. Yeah. Yeah. They're, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm pretty sure that's the way it goes. They're a Chicago band, but fucking love to play Minnesota. Yeah, and you did get mine, which is Banner Pilot. I mean, if anybody doesn't know Banner Pilot in that scene, they're fucking amazing. I just wish they would play more and put out more music. Yeah, they, <laughs> they, we haven't heard anything from them. Um, like four, three, four years. Yeah, um, and now I'm blanking because uh, their bass player has another band with uh, Marin, who was in the Soviets. Okay. And then, oh, uh, Dear Landlord. Amazing. I guess kind of a Minneapolis, Minnesota and Illinois band, okay. but um, I'm going to call them Minneapolis band because yeah. Dear Landlord, <laughs> if you haven't listened to Dream Homes, that is like my perfect definition of a Midwest pop punk album okay. is Dream Homes by Dear Landlord. Fucking awesome. Nice. Um, yeah, and that's all I got right now. Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty exhaustive list. I mean, <laughs> there, there's never, like, Minnesota's a pretty good, I mean, because Minneapolis has, like, a million people or whatever around there. Um, it's it's hard to find, you know, good pockets of music in the Midwest. But, you know, Carbondale, Illinois, for some reason, is a good one. Copyrights. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, uh, Laramie, Wyoming, slash Colorado Springs, Colorado, that area is pretty good. And it's, like, Minneapolis is up there, obviously. But there's not a lot, like, Omaha, Nebraska, maybe, but, like, 
it, it, we're talking about going like states without like a, a big music scene, right? Yeah. So it's it's very interesting that it is known as one of the kind of like epicenters of good music in the Midwest. So it's kind of nice. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. we we've got Minneapolis, Chicago, and St. Louis, I guess, in that whole pocket of like, and then everything west of there, South Dakota, North Dakota is just. <laughs> is just states that you just fucking drive straight through. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah. So this one's going to be a little weird for you maybe because I don't know what your take on sandwiches are. Uh, but uh, this is a sandwich question. <laughs> so I obviously, like I mentioned, I grew up in North Dakota, Mandan, North Dakota. So it's actually like a straight North drive from Pierre, I believe, because I almost actually ended up playing a show with MXPX in Pierre, South Dakota while I was in high school. But Never happened because my two bandmates said they couldn't get the time off because we were on a school night, punk-ass bitches. But anyway, I grew up in North Dakota. We would travel to uh, Minneapolis for our punk shows. Uh, Blink-22 played a couple times there, so we went there. There is a place on Lexington Avenue called Mavericks. It's a roast beef like type of like slow roast, like perfect sandwich shop. Part one of the question is, have you ever been to this sandwich shop? Um... If I have, I don't remember it. Okay. Um, but so I, I don't think I, you would have because I think you would have remembered it. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I, God, I'm familiar with it. And anybody that listens to this that's from Minneapolis is probably going to be like, dude, what the fuck? You don't know any, like, you should know everything about Mavericks. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't think it's I'll, still there. It, it's it is as far as i know like i keep checking back every couple like oh really years just to see if it's there i'm like holy fuck like this it, it's that good i'm telling you like this was in 1999 or 2000 it's probably the last time i went to it and it's still there it's it was actually right next to a subway we were going to go to subway and the guy was like come on in like don't go there and so we did and i was like holy fuck this place is great so if you haven't been go if you ever want to like actually just the guy explained it to us as this is like Arby's when Arby's used to be good, but we're even better than that. And I was like, well, I, I kind of like Arby's. And then I was like, holy fuck, like they'll make like, you know, opening face roast beef, like on, with a gravy and like mashed potato sandwich. I'm like, oh, my God, you guys do everything here. But like it is very, very good. Um, so I'm just giving you a little uh, a destination trip next time you're in uh, the Twin Cities. And I lived there for 15 years, man. And I, <laughs> I don't I don't recall eating at this place. So. It's the first place I'm going to go to to have lunch or dinner <laughs> as soon as I get back to Minneapolis, which is in a couple of weeks. Perfect. So, there you go. And tell yeah. me how it is because uh, I'm, I'm, I literally can like taste it in my mouth and it's been 20 years. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. I'll, <laughs> I'll send you a text on it. <laughs> All right. So this one's a little bit more of a tension slash controversial question. What is one punk band that you've always thought was not as good as everyone says they are or that they're overrated, but basically you just don't get the music as much as everybody else seems to get or that why they're so popular it can be punk. Uh, but yeah. I, I'm going to say punk since you are in a punk band. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, I have, a, I have quite a few of them. Um, yeah. People are probably going to hate me for this. Uh, bad religion. That's just never yeah. really got i just fucking never really got it um <laughs> okay a really controversial one now the, a band that i never liked um was anti-flag okay i never understood why people liked that band i honestly never uh, did either like I, uh, I never i didn't want to come out and be like oh i didn't think the band was any good either anyway because i'm like everybody else yeah, 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 I, but i'm like yeah. i never really liked the band and i just never got why they were popular yeah, it's and it's not even like I I liked the message. I like sure. I like it when bands like Rise Against and, and stuff like that make political music like a little more commercial and accessible for people yeah. to like kind of like dive into like the deeper. I also do know. not like Rise Against either, but yeah, I agree. Oh, I, I don't like that band either. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, it's it's not it doesn't have anything to do with. Well, I mean, I don't like anti like for more reasons now, but yeah. Um, but yeah, I just never liked the songs. I never got it. It just yeah. it completely. And then a lot of the skate punk stuff, like um, bands like Strung Out, 
and okay. and I do like their live stuff a lot better than I do like their recorded stuff because like they're they're fun as hell to watch. Live. And that's that's totally fine. Like yeah. you know, this is where this is where Parker, our drummer, and I completely disagree because he absolutely yeah. loves all that skate punk '90s stuff. Yeah, and a, for someone who's a massive skateboarder and you know grew up, I found a lot of punk music from like the Tony Hawk. Um, uh, soundtracks you know the video games a lot of that stuff like strung out and um i can't even think of any other bands but you know what bands i'm talking about it it just all i just missed the boat on all of it and i'm not even saying like no use for a name has a a couple of songs that now uh, that someone took the time to show me i'm like oh this band is pretty fucking good but you know that was another band i just completely missed the boat i had friends trying to give me records and i never listened to them i just it just never stuck yeah so, i actually like tony sly when he did the joey cape and tony sly acoustic record i think they did two of them where they covered like each other's songs i actually like that version better than no use for a name for some reason i think i i, I was with you like skate punk had its place i actually never grew up skateboarding but like I think that there were some things I liked about it, but not all. I didn't like the whole genre to, enough to be like, every band is good, right? It was like right. Leg Wagon I loved, but, you know, I can see why I didn't really care for No Use for a Name. I didn't like, uh, you know, Strung Out as much and some of these other bands. I like Mill and Colin, love them guys, but there was there was some of those bands where I'm just like, it doesn't, it's not applicable to the whole whole scene. Like, I don't get all of these guys. Yeah. And I yeah. think it's just, I think it's common for people to just kind of, pick and choose i mean there's there's just there were so many of those bands to choose from at that point you know yeah um and they kind of all fucking sounded the same it a little bit i'll give Uh, you one that that might even anger you but i'm a huge screeching weasel fan or at least i grew up being a screeching weasel fan mm -hmm. ben ben foster is kind of up and down whatever but he does make good music um but i never liked the ramones like i actually like every band that the Ramones inspired more than the Ramones. It was kind of interesting. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, dude, I get it. I get yeah. it. Um, like, for some reason, just the Ramones, I just, yeah, I could take them or leave them. But like all the bands that they cropped up because of that sound, I was like, wow, they just do it better. So like, why, why am I going to go back and listen to the original thing when I got 74 carbon copies that are doing it, in my opinion, slightly better. So yeah. 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 And I, you know what, you could, you can like and dislike any band you ever want, and I, it, it's never gonna bum me out. And if it, it bums out somebody who's listening to this, or you're really pissed that I don't like Strung Out, that's your problem. Yeah, send a <laughs> send a mail envelope full of anthrax to. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I used to say this thing. I was like, uh, I would, I would say it to hecklers, and it's pretty fucking mean, but I'll say it on this. I used to I used to say like if someone was heckling me I'd say hey if you have another comment um, I want you to go to the bartender get a piece of paper write it out on, on a piece of paper fold it up take it home and then take that piece of paper and shove it up your ass <laughs> perfect all right this one is actually a South Dakota reference even though it's had nothing to do with me knowing or not knowing that you're in South Dakota but uh, it's actually something I've been asking more guests because. Uh, one of the guests from Warren the Duke, he said, you should ask this of everybody. And I was like, all right, I agree. It's a pretty good question. But what four musicians would you put on your personal Mount Rushmore, either be for being influential to you or just being your favorite? So like they could be drummers, bassists, guitar players, singers, songwriters. They could all be the same, different. You don't have to make a band out of this group, but just four different musicians that are on your yeah. personal Mount Rushmore. Yeah, I think my I think my list is going to be kind of fucking wild because the... <laughs> the uh compare the compare and contrast between them but um patty costello from dillinger four i just i think that his the 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 lyrical content that that guy writes is so fucking genius and honest and sincere um and relatable especially to working class folks yeah um he's not afraid to get dense or very specific about things yeah i i think i i you know when i stop and listen to or read the lyrics or whatever really take time to listen to his lyrics they all they always get me every time so patty would be on there 
Um, Mark Hoppus, just because he's my favorite member of my favorite band of all time. The band yep. that got me into listening to punk rock um, is Blink-182. So at least one member from Blink has to be on there. Sure. Um, fuck, man. Um, <laughs> you really put me on. Yeah, I suck it on the spot stuff. Uh, <laughs> fuck it. I'm just going to put Travis Barker and Tom on there. Or, you know... <laughs> I'll, I'll give I'll give Skiba some love. Okay. Uh, oh no no no. We'll go Adam Willard and Matt Skiba. Okay. Because yeah. I am a big Alkaline Trio fan, and I'm so happy that Adam Willard is playing in Alkaline Trio now. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. I know, like everybody's like, you know, oh, you can't like when when Skiba joined uh, Blink One Two. Everybody's like, oh, this isn't a good fit. I'm like, of course it is. Like these guys have played together. They tour together. They know each other very well, and. Yeah. Matt was great, and so was Blink-22, so why is everybody so pissed off? And then when he left, everyone's like, oh, thank God, like, the Skiba era is over. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? It was some of their best actual music. Yeah, I know. It was, it, it was fucking awesome. Um, yeah. uh, I do have one little quick funny story. I met Adam Willard um, at Fest right after he was getting off stage um, with uh, Against Me, mm -hmm. and... Uh, I was so nervous and I think I was like super coked out or whatever. I don't know. But I, I, he was talking to somebody else and I was like, hey, Adam, um, whenever you're done talking, can I just have a moment of your time? And uh, he's like, yeah, sure. And he, it was he was very obviously in a rush. And so I just like kind of freaked out. And I was like, I, I just want to tell you that you're one of the most fun drummers to uh, watch. I love all the music that you've ever been a part of. I love you. And he was, he looked at me and he was like, okay. And then like, <laughs> all right, see ya. And then I was like, oh my God, I accidentally told him I loved him. Um, and it freaked him out. <laughs> like, no, no, sorry. Oh, I'm never going to fix this. Never mind. <laughs> you know what? I do love him. I, I, lo I love him as an artist. So yeah. it wasn't a lie. It just, he, it, his facial expression after I said that. Yeah. And I, it just kind of, I was just blurting shit out because I, I was like, I don't want to take up any of your time, uh, but I want you to know that I think you're an awesome musician. Um, yeah, it was, a, yeah. it was very awkward. And I hope well, that- And the weird thing with, with musicians and, and the music, right, is like you spend a lot more time with them. So you feel like you kind of know them and they have no the fuck idea who you are, right? So it's like not yeah. a two-way street at all. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So it's very weird. That's why I like to do stuff like this where it's like you can actually talk to somebody. They can talk to you. And then somebody else can watch our conversation and be like, I do feel like I know this person a little bit better. Yeah. They're not going to – you're not going to know that person listening, but at least they'll know you better, right? And so it's not just the music. Like you need to hear from them speaking to like kind of get to know them, right? Uh, but it is definitely a, a one-way street, and it's very hard to like connect with somebody who you don't know, but they know you quite well. And it's like, holy fuck, this is a weird scenario. Like this is a weird start to a conversation. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I, I've been on the other side of that not very often, yeah. but a couple of times people have come up and like brought up something that maybe I said on a podcast or, you know, something that I said in an interview or whatever. And I'm like, how do you know this? Yeah. That podcast that one time you listen to that? Like yeah. me, like I'm just like, why would anybody listen to me? I'm an, I'm an idiot. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I think I, I've, I've freaked people out on the other side of that where I'm like, wait, you actually listen to that? And they're like, yeah, it's, you put it out for people. You promoted it, you asshole. <laughs> <laughs> and I, it's just like, I'm so like self-deprecating that I'm just like, oh, you actually listen to that? Crazy. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, dude. <laughs> yeah. We'll see if, we'll see if Tane actually promotes this one. Who knows? Maybe he'll be like, oh, oh I, will, I will. Don't go listen to that shit. That's just me talking. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what kind of things get brought up to you like five years later from this podcast and see if you're like what the fuck what did you, where'd you get that from like how did you know that my my roommate from college was his name was whatever <laughs> right 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 and i tend to be an open book on these especially when it comes to like my sobriety stuff and yeah. i'm 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 just also just not afraid to dive into hard hard topics so yeah um i'll reveal things that are quite personal to me and then i'll forget that i revealed that yeah and then people will come up and talk to me about it and i'm like how the fuck do you are you nardwar <laughs> how the fuck do you know that oh i did say that on the podcast my phone is happening right now <laughs> <laughs> 
did my information get leaked online? Yeah, exactly, dude. <laughs> All right. So the spotlight is off. Obviously, thank you so much for answering those questions. Hopefully you enjoyed them and you weren't sweating too much. A little, a little bit on the, the Mount Rushmore thing, but you yeah. kind of pulled it through in the end. Um, we got some more. We'll, we'll take a quick break, but we got some more with Tane from Tightwire to kind of wrap everything up and talk about what's happening with Tightwire for the rest of the year. We'll come back right after this. Running your own music career is incredibly difficult. Trying to get people to like, share, comment, listen, follow, it's all just overwhelming. Most musicians give up before they ever achieve success, and that's the worst. If you're looking for a better way to grow your music career, head to DIYRockCareer.com for some absolutely free training. It costs you nothing, and it could be the difference between hitting your goals and quitting your dream. Go to DIYRockCareer.com today by clicking the link below this episode. Welcome back to the Power by Rock podcast. Let's talk about Tightwire. Obviously, uh, speaking with Tane from Tightwire here, let's talk about what Tightwire has coming up this year. I know you guys actually, I think this the funny thing about this episode, it's going to literally come out the day after your tour with Teenage Bottle Rocket. But hopefully people will have checked it out and then, hey, let, let's go see what Tane from Tightwire has to say. Now I've seen him on the road. But talk about the shows you got coming up. Talk about what else you guys got coming up for the rest of the year. Um, yeah. So, it, I mean, dude really all it is is doing podcasts and going out and playing live um so like you said uh we're going out with uh teenage ball rocket we're doing uh like kind of an upper east coast run starting in toledo ohio and working our way out to boston it's gonna be our first time ever playing in boston nice. um which i lived in boston for a while um so that's kind of crazy for me um you know we'll hit all the regular spots like pittsburgh new york city all those all those places um so that's all going to be in september you can find all that information on our website or any of our social medias um and then we'll be doing a, a short a very short run um, through the Midwest to the South on our way to Fest, we'll be playing with um, Billy Lyre, who is also a Red Scare Industries uh, person. And gotcha. those dates have not been released yet, but you can find them again at all of our yeah. stuff. And then on the way back, um, we'll be uh, playing a couple of shows. I mean, we're playing Fest, which is great. Yeah. Um, end of October for memory, right? Like 28th or 30th or something like that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I exactly. And we're playing three sets at Fest. So nice. we have, maybe I shouldn't have revealed that. Whatever. Who cares? This won't come out for a month. So by then, hopefully it'll be out anyway. Yeah. So. We're, yeah. we're <laughs> playing a secret set. We're playing an acoustic set. And then we're playing our main set. So nice. you have plenty of time to see us at Fest. Um, and then we're playing some shows with Make War on the way back home. Nice. Very cool. Yeah, and then obviously you're you're, talk, you're promoting the, the album Headful of Snakes, which came out June. So, are you guys going to be you know do, like you guys have like um, a vinyl with you and stuff like that, or how is the how is the actual like promotion of that and distribution of that going? Yeah, yeah, it's going really well. Um, like I said, I'm surprised that so many people, or I'm I'm happy that so many people like it. Um, but uh, yeah, you can order it online. Uh, we have a shitload of copies, um, so you can pick up vinyl or CDs of Headful of Snakes at our merch table whenever you nice. see us live, um, or order it from the Red Scare uh, folks, or on our Bandcamp. Yeah, either one of those. <laughs> I think those are the two easiest ways, is, is redscareindustries.net and tightwirempls.bandcamp.com. Nice. Those are the two. And obviously, you can stream it just to see how they like it. But I mean, you're going to like it. Just get yourself a copy because it's great. So um, we'll add some show notes to the links uh, or links to the show notes below this episode. I always say that backwards. I don't know why I okay. stumble on that all the time. <laughs> we'll add some links to the show notes below this episode. Do you have any other like shout outs or any plugs you want to give before we go today? Um, Just a big shout out to my new friend, Isaac, who had me on a sweet <laughs> podcast. Thank you, dude. <laughs> Yeah, no problem. And then one last question before we go today. What new artists, new, other, we talked about Like Rosa, but you can add another one or you can choose them. But what new music would you recommend people check out? Just pick one. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm going to go Like Roses because I just discovered them literally like fucking yesterday. And Perfect. I can't stop listening to their music. Nice. Yeah, I'm going to check them out when they come. I think it's actually in like a week. So I'll have like a week to oh, go yeah. check them out and then I'll let you know how they go. Hell yeah. yeah. Please do. 
And that's it. So I want to thank Tane from Tightwire for being an awesome guest talking about pretty much everything Tightwire, but also, you know, getting into some personal stuff. Hopefully you guys liked it and enjoyed the episode. Uh, obviously, there will be links to all of Tightwire stuff in our show notes below this episode. So if you want to check out a merch, you know, the, the, the album, whatever you want to buy, go check it out. Follow them on social media. Go see them in person if they're anywhere near you because they are a lot of fun to watch. Even if Tane's not drinking anymore, he's still a lot of fun. He's a good guy. And then remember, guys, the Powered by Rock podcast is powered by our listeners to show us some support. Please be sure to subscribe and share the podcast on social media. You can see the full video interview on our YouTube channel and Spotify now as well. If you want to check out some of our awesome content, our merch, our gear, head to PoweredByRock.com to see what's good there. That's our show for today. I'll see you soon for the next episode. Until then, rock on. Supposed to be easy